0: faith if you spend quality time with statements that is only la yatqu anil hawa illa wahyun transcribe the teachings of the quran within themselves our respected imam al hussein says if you have a hajat to allah a'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajim bismillahir rahmanir rahim the revolution of al imam abu abdullah al hussein Has inspired the entire world and within the course of history. Generation after generation of people have been mesmerized by the legacy of Al Imam Sayyid al Shuhada Al Imam al Hussein. Shia. Sunnis, Sufis, Christians, Catholics, Jews, Armenians, Hindus, Buddhists, every single religion and denomination has been inspired by the movement of Imam Al Hussein. People from all walks of life life and backgrounds with different professions have been moved by Sayyid al-Shuhada, writers, poets, filmmakers, freedom seekers, politicians, diplomats, scholars, they all have been Inspired by the everlasting legacy of Imam al Hussein. And this is what we constantly discuss in our gatherings and our majalis. We discuss the fact that Imam al Hussein does not only belong to the Shia, Imam al Hussein does not just belong to the Muslims, Imam al Hussein belongs to humanity. However, rarely equal to none, we discussed we discuss what inspires what inspired Imam al-Hussein to be the man who he was. What was the source of inspiration for Imam al-Hussein? What was the guide of Hussein? Who was the leader of Hussein? What is it that motivated Imam Al Hussein to leave this legacy behind? This should be the most important topic of our gatherings and our majalis. And that is why I am here to address this topic this evening, to address this very important question. What is it that inspired Imam Al Hussein? There is no doubt brothers and sisters that the source of inspiration of Al-Imam Al-Hussein was the Holy Quran. The source of inspiration of Sayyid Al-Shuhada was the word of Allah, the last revelation, Al-Quran Al-Majid. On the 27th of Rajab, the day of Maba'th was also the day in which the Qur'an was born. The Qur'an was born to create a new era in bringing man closer to the Creator through the ethical and moral teachings of the Holy Qur'an to create a better bond between Allah and His creation. It is the direct words of the Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the Qur'an speaks to us all. In some verses, Allah speaks to Rasulullah, Ya ayyuhal-Nabi. In some verses, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks to the Prophet being a messenger, Ya ayyuhal-Rasul. In some verses, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks to the believers, Ya ayyuhal amanu. And in some verses Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks to humanity at large. Ya Bani Adam, Ya Ayyuhal Nas. So the Qur'an came to change the fate of humanity forever. And the Qur'an had students from day one. Those who carried the Qur'an Those who became the embodiment of the Qur'an. The first and the foremost was Rasulullah himself. He was the pioneer and the very first student of the Holy Qur'an. Then came his immaculate and purified progeny. They take pride in being the students of the Qur'an, the embodiment of the Qur'an, the translation of the message of the Holy Qur'an. And that is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praises the Ahlul Bayt within the Holy Qur'an. He praises those students. He praises those who have dedicated their entire life to transcribe the teachings of the Qur'an within themselves. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. (inaudible) إِنَّمَا يُرِيدُ اللَّهُ لِيُذْهِبَ عَنْكُمُ الرِّجْسِ الْبَيْتِ Allah praises them in the Quran. Allah says, they are the Immaculate. I have purified them. In another verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks of their generosity and their giving and selflessness. وَيُطْعِمُونَ الطَّعَامَ عَلَىٰ حُبِّهِ مِسْكِينَا وَيَتِي Allah praises this household that embodied the teachings of the Qur'an though they were fasting though they were hungry when the needy knocked at their doors they gave everything they had for sabilillah. And another verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, In households where Allah's name is glorified, Allah praises those households. The sources of the Muslims look at the most important and popular books of the Muslims. Abu Bakr, the first khalifa came to Rasulullah. He says, "Ya Rasul Allah," and he pointed at the door of Fatima. He says, "Ya Rasul Allah," this ayah that speaks of the homes that glorify Allah, that praise Allah, and Allah wishes to elevate them. <coughs> Is this home amongst them? And he pointed at the door of Fatima. Bukhari says this: Rasulullah looked at him and he says, "Ya Aba Bakr, huwa min a'azimihima. It is the greatest of them, the best of them. This is the house of Fatima. That is why Rasulullah, the most perfect of God's creation, the seal of the messengers. Every time he wanted to pay a visit to Fatima, to the sacred home he would stand in front of the door and seek permission to enter the house of Fatima. Al-Imam al-Bukhari says, for nine months Rasulullah would stand at the door of Fatima and Ali, Hassan and Hussein before every salah. And he would say, "Assalamu salamu alaykum ya ahla bayti Rasulullah. <inaudible> and he would recite this ayah. To tell the Muslim community of the connection between the Quran and the Ahlul Bayt. And brothers, if you want to know the legacy of Hussein, the character of Hussein, the qualities of Hussein, and who Imam Al Hussein truly was. You must study him through the Holy Quran. You must examine him through the Holy Quran. And likewise, if you want to know the Holy Quran, you must examine it through Hussein. They go hand in hand, they are inseparable. You cannot pick one and neglect the other, they are a package just like rasulullah alladhi la yantiqu illa wahyun yuha al the truthful messenger of god informed us he says to us inni tarikun inni mukhallifun fikum athqalain kitab allah wa atrati al-bayti i am leaving amongst you my progeny and the book of allah مَا إِنْ تَمَسَّكْتُمْ بِهِمَا You have to take them together. You have to take them as a package. You cannot separate them. مَا إِنْ تَمَسَّكْتُمْ بِهِمَا لَن تَظِلَّ بَعْدِي أَبَدًا Then what he says? He says, وَقَدْ أَخْبَرَنِيَ اللَّطِيفُ الْعَزِيزِ أَنَّهُمَا لَنْ يَفْتَرِقَ حَتَّى يَرِدَى عَلَيَّ الْحَوْضِ and Allah, the Almighty, has informed me that they are inseparable until the day of judgment. Until I stand in front of the fountain of Kawthar. Because you know every person who enters paradise, he's given a drink from the fountain of Kawthar. Rasulullah says, Those who hold on to the Qur'an and Ahlul Bayt together will pass through that fountain. What is the tragedy of the Muslims today? The tragedy and the greatest calamity that has fell onto the Muslims is that some of us, we have taken the Ahlul Bayt and neglected the Quran. And some of us, some of us have taken the Quran and neglected the Ahlul Bayt. Well, Let us be honest. Many of The youth, many of the brothers, many of the sisters all around the world today, amongst the followers of Ahlul Bayt, the adherers of Ahl al Bayt. They are so energetic, they are so inspired by Imam al Hussein. They stand and they mourn Imam al Hussein for three, four hours every single night, and they wear black and brothers. You cannot just take Imam Al without the Quran. That is an incomplete formula. Similarly, you see our brothers and sisters in the school of Sahaba. The month of Ramadan comes every single night. They recite the Holy Quran and Salat al taraweeh They recite the Holy Quran and Ajza. They memorize the Holy Quran. However, when it comes to the demise of Rasulullah, the master of the Bayt, he's forgotten. When it comes to the martyrdom of Imam Ali, he's forgotten. When it comes to the martyrdom of Sayyid Al-Zahra, she's forgotten. When it comes to the martyrdom of Imam al Hassan, he's forgotten. When it comes to the savior of Islam, Imam Abu Abdullah al Hussein, that that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam, and the books of all the muslims says Hussein minni wa ana min Hussein uhabb Allah man ahabba Hussein on the 10th of Muharram do you find anybody speaking about Hussein in Egypt or in Mecca or in Medina or in Riyadh or in no Hussein is forgotten and brothers Sisters, let me tell you something. There is no one, no Sahabi, no companion, no tabi'i, no scholar that have emphasized on the Quran like the Ahlul Bayt. You won't find it anywhere in the world. No one has emphasized on the importance of the Quran like the Ahlul Bayt. Al Imam, Amir al muminin wa Mawla al-Mu'ahideen Ali ibn Abi Talib has tens of sermons praising the Qur'an. Tens of sermons speaking to the responsibility of the Muslims towards the Qur'an. And one of his most beautiful sermons describing the Qur'an, he says, إِنَّهُ الْمُحَدِّثُ la Listen, listen how he describes the Qur'an. This is Imam Ali describing the Qur'an. He is the speaker. The Qur'an utters. The, the Qur'an is the statement that never lies. You know, when you speak, when you hear statements, when you read a book, you don't know. Is this truth? Is this false? Is this person lying? Is this person saying the truth? Amir al Mu'minin says... It is the statement that is only true. وَالْحَادِيُ الَّذِي لَا And the Quran is a guide that will never take you astray. It will safely deliver you to your destination. وَالْجَلِيسُ وَالْجَلِيسُ الَّذِي And the friend that never lies. We all have friends. Sometimes they lie to us. Sometimes they lie to other people. Sometimes they lie to themselves. This friend never lies. This friend is a guide that gives you the best advice. You know what's interesting? We never look at the Quran as an advisor to us. We think the Quran is dead. What kind of advice is this Quran going to give us? It's a dead book. I'm not going to go seek advice from the graveyard not going to go seek advice from somebody who's dead. We treat the Qur'an as if it's a dead book. What does Imam Ali say? Those statements should be written with gold. No one has described the Holy Qur'an in such a manner. He says, the Holy Qur'an is a book that is alive and it will never die. And it renews and rejuvenates itself just like the morning and the day. The morning and the night. Every day is a new day. It's a new beginning. This is the Qur'an. And it is as mesmerizing and as sweet for the very last of us, meaning the last human being, as it were for the very first of us. Don't tell me the Qur'an is out of date. No, that is not the case. Then Amir al-Mu'mineen says one of his most powerful statements ever. I want you to pay attention to the statement. Wallahi, if this statement does not shake you, I don't know what will. He says, مَا جَالَسَهُ إلا وقام عنه بزيادة ونقصان. If you spend quality time with the Quran, then you depart with an increase and a decrease. An increase and a decrease. If you spend quality time with the Quran, زيادة في علم وهدى. An increase in knowledge, an increase in wisdom. An increase in awareness. An increase in understanding. An increase in faith if you spend quality time with the Qur'an. And a decrease. A decrease in what? Misguidance. Blindness. Ignorance. Confusion. Uncertainty. Wallahi, some people don't know the value of the Qur'an. Imam al Hussein says, he says the Quran is an interceder and its intercession is always accepted with Allah. Al-Quran shafi'un mushaffa. If you have a haja, Imam Al-Hussein says We are at the school of Imam Al-Hussein. Imam Al-Hussein says if you have a haaja to Allah recite 100 verses from the Quran then pray. Then supplicate to Allah. Allah will answer your dua. Amongst his most beautiful advice to Al Imam Hassan and Hussain. Just imagine this for a second. Here's Amir al muminin and he's advising whom? The children of Rasulullah. The children of Fatima. Do you know what that means? Just think about it. those are the children of their mother's Fatima to Zahra. They are Sayyidai Shababi Ahl jannah He stands in front of his children. He says, I want to advise you, my children. What is your advice, Ya Amir al-Mu'minin, to Hassan and Hussein? He says, Bunayya Hassan. Bunaya Hussein. Allah, Allah. He says the word Allah twice. You all know that Allah is the greatest name of the Almighty God. And it is the most blessed statement. So Imam Amir al-Mumineen is not going to use it in vain. But he wants to get the attention of Hassan and Hussein When they hear him say Allah, Allah twice. Ya Amir al-Mumineen, what is it that you want to say? Allah, Allah, بالقرآن لا يسبقنكم العمل به غيركم Hassan and Hussain Do not let anyone proceed you in implementing the Qur'an Allahu Akbar What does the Qur'an say? The Qur'an talks about humility Hassan and Hussein, Don't let anybody be more humble than you the Quran speaks of generosity, Hassan and Hussein. Don't let anybody be more generous than you. The Quran speaks of bravery, Hassan and Hussein. Don't let anybody be more brave than you. The Quran speaks of mercy, compassion, Hassan and Hussein. Don't let anybody be more compassionate and more merciful than you. The Quran speaks of forgiveness, Hassan and Hussein. Don't let anybody be more forgiving than you. And so on and so forth. That is why they became the embodiment of the Quran. And then he says, Allah, Allah, Bil Quran, Ijaluhu imamakum. Hassan and Hussein, make sure that you choose the Quran to be your imam. Now we know. What made Hussein who he was? Now we understand the legacy of Hussein. It is inspired by the Imam of Hussein. Al Quran, Kitabullah. What we have neglected, what we have forgotten. It is not enough, brothers and sisters, for us to gather in the nights of Muharram. Cry for Imam Al Hussein, beat our chest, wear black, come to the Aza, but not give importance to the Holy Quran. And I tell you one thing every night before I come and I sit on this mimbar at the back room while I wait for my turn, I am in tears. Wallahi, I am in tears every evening at the beautiful recitation of the Holy Quran. And I have never. In- I have never experienced this at any other majlis before. I am being honest with you. I have seen two minutes, five minutes of recitation, sometimes with some mistakes, but here I've experienced something new, something very inspirational, something that puts me in tears every night. And every night, before I begin, I am reminded of the ninth of Muharram, the evening, the eve of Ashura, when I hear this beautiful recitation of the Qur'an, it reminds me of the story of Har. You know, Hur, he intercepted the caravan of Imam al hussein And you all know the story. Until the 10th of Muharram, he realized, look, what have I done? I mean, tomorrow the grandson of Rasulullah will be killed. So he, he needed some to catch some fresh air. He came out of the camp of Omar bin Sa'ad. And they say that the voice and the sound and the beautiful tone And the melody of the recitation of the Quran from the camp of Al Imam al Hussein drew Hur closer to the tent of Hussein ibn Ali. He got closer and closer and he heard the voice of Hussein. Imagine! Imagine the voice of Al Imam Abu Abdullah al Hussein reciting the Quran. Right there and then he knew. That this is it. He went towards the camp of Hussein and he says, Ya Aba Abdullah, Hallim min tawbah? It was the Quran combined with Hussein that changed Har Hur wasn't an ordinary man. Do you think Hur was just a random soldier? No. Hur was the Sayyid of Bani Riyah. He had brigades. Of warriors. Imam al Hussein himself tells Hur if I were to count the ten bravest Arabs, I would count you amongst them. Do you think this is a, just any statement? Imam Hussein says if I were to count ten of the bravest men, I would count you amongst them, Hur. So he was not a coward. But the Quran moved this man. The Qur'an touched this man. And this is why you find a special bond between Imam Hussein and the Holy Qur'an. Go study this, but I don't have time unfortunately. I wanted to talk about this special bond between Hussein and the Holy Qur'an. But let me tell you this. Go and read the history of Imam Hussein before the, that the, the movement began in the 60s after Hijrah. For 10 years, Imam al hussein after the martyrdom of Imam al Hassan what was he doing? What do you think he was doing? You know, when Muawiyah decided he was going to appoint his son Yazid, he said, you know, all those companions, all those people, I can buy them with money. They just have different prices. One of them 100,000, one of them 200,000, one of them half a million, one of them 10 million. But at the end of the day, they'll be quiet with money. There is one person I can't deal with. They said to him, who? He said, "Hussein ibn Ali. So this advisor that was sitting next to Muawiyah says, I I haven't, he was Christian. So he hasn't met Hussein. So Muawiyah says to him, go and meet Hussein." He says, where should I find him? Muawiyah says to him, go to Medina. Go to the mausoleum of the Prophet Muhammad. Enter the masjid. Go to the right side of the masjid, tara rajulan shamara an sa'idihi, jalisan ala minbar rasulillah, yukallimun nas wa yuhaddithuha wa yuhaddithuhum wa ka'annama He says you'll see a man, he's lifted up his sleeves, he's talking, he's sitting on the minbar of Rasulullah. He's Giving sermons, and people are so mesmerized by him that they don't even blink an eye. That is Hussein. That's Hussein. Imam Al Hussein was busy teaching the Quran. When he came out of Medina, his letters and his sermons were the Quran. When he reached Mecca, it was the Quran. When he spoke in Mecca, it was the Qur'an. When he wrote letters, it was the Qur'an. When he advised Muslim Ibn Aqil, it was the Qur'an. When he reached Karbala, it was the Qur'an. The eve of Ashura, he gave a sermon, it was the Qur'an. The tenth of Muharram, he spoke to the enemies with the Qur'an. He held the Qur'an. He wanted to say that Hussein is inseparable from the Qur'an. And let me remind you of one of the most emotional moments in the lives of Imam Al-Husayn that maybe the majority of people at that moment won't be reciting the Qur'an. But Imam Al-Husayn, even in that moment, recited the Qur'an. When? When aliyun al-Akbar, his son, came to him. And we'll speak of the tragedy of aliyun al-Akbar, but what I want to remind you is when Ali bin Al Akbar left the tent of Imam Al Hussein, what did Imam Al Hussein do? Imam Al Hussein recited the Quran. Bismillah al Rahman al Rahim. Inna Allah asta'fa Adam wa Nooh wa al Ibrahim. وَآلَ إِبْرَاهِيمَ عِمْرَانَ عَلَى الْعَالَمِينَ He recited this verse as Ali al-Akbar was leaving his tent. And I tell you, brothers and sisters, from the moment, from the moment that the Qur'an was born, and until today, the Qur'an has had enemies. And from that moment onwards, the camp of Ahlul Bayt has stood in front of those enemies. And this is what I want to talk about this evening. One, the enemies of the Quran. Two, the camp of Ahlul Bayt that stood in defense of the Quran. Let us discuss that after your salawat ala Muhammad wa Ali Muhammad. The moment the Quran was born. Rasulullah came to recite the Qur'an to the Arabs. The rich Arabs, they gathered and they said, the Quraysh, they gathered and they said, look, everybody knows Muhammad is a good guy. We just cannot stand against him. Unless we lie. We fabricate stories, we spread rumors, we fight him, we fight his message. So they called him Majnoon. He's lost his sanity. For some time people believed it, then it went away. Then they called him a magician. For some time people believed it, and then it went away. Until they created a council. What was this council? Listen. There were 25 major tribes in the Arabian Peninsula. Each one chose a man. They would gather in this council to think and come up with new techniques to defame the Quran, to discredit the Quran, so, within the council, Abu Sufyan, uh, Abu Jahl, Abu Lahab, an ibn al-Harith, Walid ibn al-Mughira, al-Maghzumi, many of the most important Arabs were there. They would sit down and they would come up with ways. Amongst the very first days or first possibly year, there was a man by the name of Walid. Al-Makhzoomi, And he was a very powerful man. They said to him, listen, you are an eloquent man. Go and sit with Muhammad and tell him to recite some of his Quran for you. And then come and tell us what this is. What can can we do? How can we fight it? He said, good idea. So he went and he sat next to Muhammad and he says, he was his cousin, so he says, Muhammad, read for me some of this poem that you have. He says, It's not poem." It's the Quran. He says, "Whatever it is, read it for me." Rasulullah began to read the Quran for him, and this man started shaking, and he could not hear the Quran anymore. So he says, "Ya Muhammad bil rahim. O oh Muhammad, I call upon you in the blood relation that we have. Please stop, stop, because I feel I'm, I feel as if you have put a spell on me, Ya Muhammad." He left. They say he went to his house for three days and he would not speak to anybody. So they came to him, they said, listen, have you converted? We send you so that you can become, give a solution of how we... He says, no, I have not, I have not converted. I will not leave the idols, but let me tell you. إِنَّهُ <inaudible> كَلَامٌ It is a statement that will keep on elevating. Nobody can stand against this. And obviously there, for example, if you read history, one of those people was Umar ibn al-Khattab, the second companion, the second khalifa. He there, for example, left to the house of his sister. He had been informed that his sister had converted to Islam. So he, out of anger, goes into the house of his sister Fatima and her husband Suhaib. And he, she opens the door and he slaps her so hard that her eyes start bleeding. That he had a bat and he beat Suhaib so much until he could not move. There was a man there, a sahabi there reciting the Qur'an. So he says, Omar, sit down. Let me read some of this for you. Let me read some of this Qur'an for you. And he read Surah Taha for him. They say that he was moved by the Holy Qur'an. But the enemies, they continued to stand against the Qur'an. So a man by the name of Zayd bin Harith, this guy was an eloquent speaker, he was an eloquent poet, and he was the mastermind in that group. He said, listen, Muhammad has created this form of entertainment. People just gather here, they listen to his Qur'an, and we need to come up with entertainment. Right? Right? So I'm going to travel the world and come back in a year or two and I'm going to go to Persia, I'm going to go to Rome, I'm going to go and see different religions, different cultures, different you know, people and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to stand and speak of their stories when Muhammad resides the Quran. So we'll come up with a form of entertainment. You guys build a theater, I'm going to go and travel the world. And this is exactly what happened. He traveled the world. They built a theater next to the Kaaba. This man came a year, two, two years later. Every time Rasulullah would read the Quran, he would stand and he would speak of the different people he met, the different religions, different cultures, different stories of the Persian Empire and the Roman Empire. And uh, he would speak of the different wines and different women and different things he saw. And This was entertainment at that time. So even tradition say some Muslims after Rasulullah would be done praying. They would go and they hear, this guy is pretty interesting, he has so many stories. And from then onwards, the enemies of Islam until today, one way for them to fight the Qur'an has been with entertainment. Just give me your undivided attention for a little bit. Look at us today. We as a community today. Or we as the community of humanity globally today, we have been inflicted by a major disease. What is this disease? The entertainment of social media. You know what social media has done to us? It's done a lot of things, but let me tell you about one major hit. It's killed our attention span. Especially for kids. You cannot pay attention to anything for more than five minutes. Every two minutes, every five minutes, we have to check our phone. Did I get a, a new message? Did somebody send me anything on WhatsApp? Did anybody add me on Facebook? Did someone like my uh, picture on Instagram? Did anybody retweet me? And we're constantly looking at this phone and... Is there something wrong with my... I don't have any notifications. Even in Salah, people don't even leave their phone away in Salah. I've seen people in Hajj and Tawaf is looking at his Instagram. You know, children, children are sitting there playing on this iPad and iPhone all day. You know what this is? Go read about it. This is more dangerous than getting your children hooked on cocaine. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. Go look it up. Social media releases the amount of dopamine within our brains that cocaine does. Imagine, would you give your 10-year-old child cocaine? Cocaine. Hey son, why don't we sit and sniff some lines tonight? Nobody's gonna do that. But we give them an iPad. It's good. Let's go play your iPad, Habibi. The iPad is, you know, we don't have chargers for our iPads, but we'll give five chargers to our kids so it doesn't run out of battery. Let them play all day. This has killed the future of this generation. How is this kid going to go and pay attention for 50 minutes in a classroom? Eight hours in school. Look at the creators of the social media. It's all over the internet. They are asked, would you give this to your kids? And they bluntly say no. We would never give this to our kids. You know, it's funny that we have to project our life on social media ev- all the time. A su- you know, Facebook, putting the, the pictures on Instagram, Make how many people liked my picture? If this guy doesn't like my picture, I'm not going to like his picture, Habibi. That's not going to happen. You leave a comment, I'll leave a comment. You add me, I'll add you. And you know what this has done? Go read about this in detail. Please, I beg you. I won't have time to talk about social media anymore. This is the night I had dedicated to this. There is something called social media depression. Scholars of human behavior are now discussing a new form of depression. For people who have social media accounts and they feel they're not popular. So they go through depression. They're suffering. It's very sad that people have left the real world and look, they're looking at, and you know, now there's companies, you pay them 10 bucks, they'll get you some likes. So entertainment has destroyed, has taken away people from the real picture, from what's important. We spend so much time on social media, watching movies, sitting in restaurants, wasting our time. But let's bring people and say, you know what? Spend some time with the Quran. Ten minutes, say it, I'm bored. Shukran. Even our lectures, mostly they're entertainment. They don't have content. People are bored of content. People are looking for entertainment. Allah said, You said so many things today. I was so confused. So many names, so many historical events. And you say it, take it easy on us a little bit. Why? Because we're not willing to read. We're not willing to leave our phone and spend some time with the book of Allah, with Nahj al Balagha, with Hadith. This is the Believe me, this is the ultimate goal of the enemies of Islam. For people not to discover the Qur'an. But on the other side, there is another camp, the camp of Ahlul Bayt, who made sure that people are connected to the Qur'an. and This is our responsibility. What is our responsibility, brothers and sisters? Today, for those who are 50 years old, and they're born in Australia, They're 60 years old, born in the U.S. Muslims, 70 year olds, born in in the United Kingdom, they are Muslims. They don't speak any other language besides English. Tell me, if they want to read a tafsir of the Holy Quran, a full tafsir of the Holy Quran, do we, the followers of Ahlul Bayt, have a full tafsir of the Holy Quran? Yes, in Arabic we have 2,000. In Farsi we have, in Urdu we have, but in English do we have one? Don't tell me a translation, a written tafsir in English, do we have one? No, we don't. So how is this person going to get introduced to the Qur'an? Universities and colleges are now teaching the Qur'an. Using tafsir that's written by people outside the madhab of Ahlul Bayt. Many of them are Wahhabi. You go to a professor, you say, why don't you teach the Qur'an through the teachings of Ahlul Bayt? Why don't you use a tafsir from a tafsir of al Bayt? What do they tell you? Oh, you don't have one. You have a written one. Your children, your families, you want to read tafsir al-Quran, we don't have one. This is a shame. We have hundreds and thousands of masajid. We have hundreds and thousands of husainiyat. But how many dar al-Qur'ans do we have? Institutions dedicated to the Holy Quran, teaching the Quran, writing articles on the Quran, memorizing the Quran, the Tilawa of the Quran, researching the Tafsir of the Holy Quran, and illuminating the entire world with the Holy Quran. This is the duty of the followers of Ahlul Bayt. This is why Imam Al Hussein gave his blood. Imam Al Hussein would honor those who honored the Quran. Hurr, Habib ibn Mazahir al-Asadi, who was a companion of Rasulullah. When he fell a martyr on the 10th of Muharram, he was a companion, he was a pious man, he was righteous, all of that was there. But Imam al Hussein recognized him through one of his major qualities. What was it? As-salamu alayka ya Habib. This is the token that Imam al-Hussein gave him. This is the trophy that he gave him. Habib. You are the one that you used to recite the Quran, the entire Quran in one evening, in one day. Every single day you would recite the Qur'an. This is how Imam Hussein recognized Habib. And he put Habib by himself, you have visited Imam Al Hussein. The companions are on one side, the shrine of Imam Al Hussein, and Habib ibn Madahar al Asadi has his own shrine, his own barib. alaykum wa